Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a depressed Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast as I recap the Tennessee Titans 19-16 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. A tough one for the Titans, but I'm going to dive into everything on today's full-length 30-minute podcast. We are going to talk about my big takeaways on offense and on defense, what happened out there and what really caught my eye and stood out to me. Then, of course, we'll zoom in for everyone's favorite segment, Tighten Up and Tighten Down. And there are still a lot more Tighten Ups than there are Tighten Downs, even though there are a fair share of both. And then finally, I'll just kind of talk about where things stand right now after this latest playoff loss for the Titans as a franchise and the direction of the team, and then give you guys an idea of what the offseason will be like on the Locked On Titans podcast. So all of that and more on a Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, it is a Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm going to dive into everything that we need to discuss surrounding this game. Before we do, got to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day, all season long. And if this is, for some reason, your first ever listen to the Locked On Titans podcast and you have come to me out of grief, well, then make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you do stream. Check out the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Subscribe over there. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. If you're watching on YouTube right now, throw a thumbs up on there. I greatly appreciate it. We are going to be pumping out Monday through Friday daily content all off-season long. This isn't just a regular season and playoff operation. So I'm going to have a ton of off-season content for you guys. Make sure you subscribe. Remember, you can find the Locked On Titans podcast everywhere and always free. But with that being said, let's dive into my big takeaways from the game. And we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. And this game was really just a microcosm of the entire Tennessee Titans season. Quite frankly, the offense comes out sluggish and slow. The Titans' defense continues to bail them out and give them opportunities uh, against lesser opponents and lesser stressed situations. The Titans were able to come back more often than not in route to 12 victories. So this is just the downside of that sort of style of play and that sort of sort of uh, approach when you play really good teams like the Cincinnati Bengals, who are a very, very good football team. So this is what you're going to get when you play like that consistently throughout the season. It's going to bite you. The Titans won a ton of close games because they were able to eke it out at, at the end despite these slow starts. But they just weren't able to do that against a better, or maybe not a better team. These two teams are evenly matched, but the Bengals won. So you call them the better team, and they most certainly had the better quarterback. And those are the things that really matter. So looking at the offense, like I said, first half woes. They had six drives in the first half. Only scored points on one of them. The other five drives combined for 45 yards, had four punts, and then the interception on the very first play. I mean, look at these drives. First drive, zero yards, interception. Second drive, negative six yards, a punt, 
Next drive, 21 yards punt. Next drive, 22 yards punt. Next drive, the 84-yard touchdown drive. But then an 8-yard drive and another punt. It's just... It's just unbelievable how slow the Titans have started consistently all year long. And we can blame that on a lot of different factors. But at the end of the day, that proves that the Titans offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, is not putting them in positions to succeed. He had the excuse of the injuries and the personnel all year long. There are no excuses in this game, and he still had a terrible plan to come out and take advantage of the Bengals' defense. And the Titans completely squandered. A really good first-half performance from their defense. Now, in the second half for the Titans' offense, the turnovers took over. This is the same story that we've seen all year long. Sluggish start in the first half and turnovers in the second half. And every time the Titans Titans have lost, that has been the case for them this year. And yeah, there was two interceptions in the second half, but there was also a terrible turnover on down. So that's essentially three turnovers in the second half for the Titans. For them to even be close in this game with all of that going on, just an incredible performance by the Titans defense. So at the end of the day, Ryan Tannehill with the three interceptions, terrible decisions, every single one of them. Todd Downing with some terrible play calling, and it's completely his fault for the turnover on downs. The slow start at the beginning of the game, despite the take out the turnovers. Todd Downing still called a terrible game that put the Titans in a terrible position. They were one for eight on third downs, one for three in the red zone, a terrible play call on the two-point conversion as well. And everybody can harp on the two-point conversion as as an idea, as a decision, but I agree with it, and I'm not mad about that at all. Yeah, it mattered, it mattered, but I'm not going to kill Mike Vrabel for that decision. A terrible play call by Todd Downing on the two-point conversion. Zero creativity, we're just running it right up the gut. Those plays didn't work for the Titans the entire day. They had good success with... Outside zone and cutback runs, not just run and dive straight into the defensive line. It just made zero sense. So when you're one for eight on third downs, that's a combination of blame between the coordinator calling bad plays and the quarterback not executing on money downs. That's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. Ryan Tannehill and Todd Downing collectively blew this game for the Titans. There's no way around it. There's just no way around that fact. And we're going to talk about that more as as the week progresses, especially on Wednesday when I do my you know my schematic breakdown and get into the X's and O's with a rewatch Wednesday. But on the defensive side of the ball, nine sacks, an interception, and wow, what an incredible interception from Amani Hooker held the Cincinnati Bengals' explosive, incredible offense to 19 points. They only scored one touchdown. They were seven for 15 on third downs. One for two in the red zone. Nine sacks. They tied a playoff record. I, I mean, it, it's just perplexing. It's it's truly just perplexing. I feel sad for the Titans defense with everything they did. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of trash talking going on throughout the week with Bengals fans and all that. And the majority of the responses I got from Bengals fans after the game weren't even to try to continue to talk crap or to clown the Titans. or anything. It was mostly Bengals fans saying, Great game. Your guys' defense was incredible. You got a great team. But Joe Burrow is better than Ryan Tannehill, and Tannehill is going to let you down all the time just like Dalton did to us. I mean, Bengals fans were actually pretty nice, pretty understanding after the game, and you can see why. I mean, the Titans' defense gave them an incredible game. I mean, the Titans' defense swallowed up Joe Burrow. But at the end of the day, with the turnovers, 
with the poor start on offense, it's just impossible for the defense to overcome that. It's impossible. I mean, just look at everything. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown combined for over 200 yards. The Titans run for 140 rushing yards. The defense ties a playoff record with nine sacks. The defense holds the Cincinnati Bengals to 19 points. And the Titans lose. And the Titans lose. I don't know what else to say. I I, I hate to simplify it. I, I don't mean to be a talking head with a hot take, but Ryan Tannehill melted down in this game, made terrible decisions with the ball, and Todd Downing put the offense in terrible positions throughout. That's just what this game came down to. Poor play calling on offense, terrible quarterback play on D, on Ryan Tannehill, and the Bengals took advantage. The Bengals took advantage, and when, and when the chips were on the table and everyone was all in, Joe Burrow made the plays that needed to be made, and their defense made plays that needed to be made. I mean, it boils down to that in playoff football, guys. Everyone says all the time, playoff football comes down to who has the better quarterback more often than not. And it's true. It's true. And that's what happened in this game. But we're going to get into more individual takes with Titan Up and Titan Down. Before we get into that, I do got to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's a new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthy, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bars are a protein bar, but they're not chalky and waxy and hard to choke down. They taste like a candy bar, and some of the flavors, I think, are better than some candy bars that I have had before. I really like the peanut butter brownie, the cookies and cream, the salted caramel. Any of the puff bars or any of the crunch bars have just an excellent texture to them. And all the bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And I could talk about the taste all day, but the bars are healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, everything that you need from a protein bar Make sure that you go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Titans fans, let's continue this Monday recap edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We just did my big picture takeaways from the game. Now I want to get into the individual performances, both good and bad, and tighten up and tighten down. Before I do, I want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And here's a big announcement for you. The Peacock and Williamson NFL show is going to be on the road in Los Angeles for Super Week. So make sure that you follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. Remember, it's free and available on all platforms. So diving in, we're going to start with the Titan Ups. No one else to start with other than Jeffrey Simmons. I mean, Simmons is probably the Titans' best player. That's probably where we're at right now by far. AJ's great. Obviously, we know Derrick Henry is great. We know that Kevin Byard's great, but come on now. Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute monster. He had eight tackles, three sacks, three tackles for loss. He literally dominated the right side of the Bengals' offensive line all day long. And it's almost like, it's almost like I saw that coming. Huh. Huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Now, Joe Burrow was able to overcome, but the scouting report was dead on. 
The right side of the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line was terrible. They were awful. And Simmons dominated in a way that, I mean, they tied the playoff record in sacks, and he had three of them. So I, I think that says all that needs to be said. Uh, Simmons was incredible in this game. Harold Landry as well. Six tackles, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. Danico Autry, three tackles, one and a half sacks, one tackle for loss. Bud Dupree, two tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. What else do you want? You know? Like, what else could you possibly want from your defensive line? They literally went nuclear in this game. Unbelievable stuff. Even the backup defensive tackles. Kyle Pecco had two tackles and a half sack. Naquan Jones had two tackles and a half sack. Just domination by the Titans' defensive line in this game. They did all they could possibly do. Uh, Amani Hooker, seven tackles and an interception. What an incredible play. And if not for that interception, I, I have a feeling things would have got dark for the Titans pretty early. They wouldn't have been able to make that 10-point comeback without that interception from Amani Hooker. I feel like that that's obvious. So, uh, David Long had a great day at linebacker. Eight tackles. Had a sack himself stopping Joe Burrow. I thought Joe Burrow was a yard ahead of the line of scrimmage on that one, so I'm surprised that they said it was a gain of zero and gave him a sack. But hey, it's a sack. Tackle for loss. Cunningham, 10 tackles. A tackle for loss. What a boon he's been. Can't wait to have him back next year. Uh, the offensive line only gave up one sack in this game to the Bengals' great, you know, pass rush. One sack allowed. Ran for 140 yards. I mean, the offensive line was great. The offensive line had a great game. Uh, A.J. Brown. Superstar mode, five catches, 142 yards, had a touchdown. Franchise playoff record in receiving yards. Julio Jones, six catches, 62 yards. Literally played his role perfectly as the opposite option to A.J. Brown taking advantage of the attention that he gets. A.J. and Julio went over 200 yards. This is the game that we were waiting for all year. The Titans ran for a buck 40. Oh, man. This one hurts, man. This one hurts. It's unbelievable to see a great team effort completely sabotaged by a quarterback and a play caller. Just wild. Uh, Foreman had four carries for 66 yards. He, he maybe should have got some more carries. That That's fair. I think it's fair for people to say that. Uh, special teams, Brett Kern. Three punts inside the 20-yard line. Great job, Brett. I mean... He backed the Bengals up as much as he possibly could. A great job from Brett Kern in this game. And then Randy Bullock. Perfect on his kicks. One for one on extra points. One for one on field goals. Made every kick he was asked to make. Can't ask for anything more. Can't ask for anything more. The Titan Downs. Ryan Tannehill. 15 for 24, 220 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. Look, he made some good throws. Some of those deep throws to AJ, I, I can think of three of them, the, the touchdown being one of them. Just great throws, just getting the job done. But he missed AJ on a deep ball, forced balls into terrible situations. I mean, you cannot, you cannot open the game with an interception where you stare down your guy. Jesse Bates, the safety for the Bengals that picked it off, said Tannehill stared down the guy the entire time. He knew exactly where he was going with the ball. It was an easy play. Literally stared him down the entire time. The second one, 
The defender is in your face, man. You cannot just throw it straight into his hands. Take the sack. Take the sack. Live to see another day. And the third one. Okay, maybe Nick Westbrook could have caught it, but it's triple coverage. It was such a tight window. And if you go back and you look at that play, Anthony Ferkser is on a drag route underneath. Now, Ferkser probably doesn't get the first down because the linebacker is coming down towards him at the time. But you make that pass. He doesn't get the first down. You punt. The Bengals have 18 seconds left from the 20-yard line. They're not going to get that field goal. Or at least the chances are very much decreased from being at the 50-yard line. You just cannot force that ball and make that risky throw in that situation. The worst thing that can happen in that drive is that you go to overtime. You just you just can't make that mistake. Just such a critical, back-breaking, season-ending mistake from Ryan Tannehill. Just the ultimate tighten down for Ryan Tannehill. And, and this is kind of the end of the, of the game with Tannehill. Uh, people wondering, hey, Tannehill had some great moments. He's had some great performances. He's played like a top 10 quarterback. But can Tannehill really get it done for you when it matters? We know now. We know the answer is no. We know. The jig is up. The makeup's off the pig. We've jumped the shark, folks. Tannehill proved it yesterday or on Saturday, depending on when you listen to this. Uh, Corey Blossom game, huge drop. Huge drop there. Got way too ahead of himself. And you have to wonder... Does so my boy Tory Carter catch that? Carter had quite a bit of catches in college as a fullback and an H-back. Wish he would have been able to play in this game. Uh, the tight ends. Now, I'm connecting the tight ends tight and down directly to Ryan Tannehill because they can't throw themselves the ball. And there were probably some times where the tight ends were open and they didn't get the ball. Uh, but zero catches for the tight ends. You, I mean, that's a combination of the Titans severely underestimated their need for a tight end in the offseason when retooling and replacing Jonu. Uh, Ryan Tannehill didn't get the job done and the play calling was terrible and the tight ends themselves aren't all that great. So combine all those factors, it's a tighten down. Uh, Todd Downing, the RPO calls to Chester Rogers. God, the Titans got to get somebody than Chester Rogers to play that position, to play that role. That is just a massive upgrade needed right there. Um, Rodgers had one catch for, for three yards himself, but we're talking about Todd Downing right now. So the RPOs to Chester Rodgers, they didn't work all year. They didn't work all year. I think the biggest gain the Titans ever got from that was like seven or eight yards on those quick throws to Chester Rodgers in the slot. Those were a disaster all year long, like the Titans screen game was all year long. The two-point play call, I talked about that earlier, running it right up the line of scrimmage. And the call on third and fourth down. How can you not QB sneak one of those? How? Miserable, miserable from Todd Downing. Uh, Jackrabbit, not an awful, awful game, but they definitely attacked Jackrabbit on the sideline, and he wasn't quick enough to stop those sideline throws. And ultimately, the last throw for the Bengals was against Jackrabbit not being able to get to the sideline. He's playing inside leverage, leaving the sideline open where the Bengals are going to go anyways. Duh. And Jamar Chase just roasts him. So uh, a tighten down for Jackrabbit. I talked about Chester Rogers. One catch for three yards. Three punt returns. He averaged 1.7 yards per return. Gave the Titans nothing there. And quite frankly, I know that the Titans got that kick-catch interference on Rogers, but he threw that 
fair catch signal super late, made it way too risky. He was just way too risky all year long. Rodgers is a punt returner. Rodgers is a slot wide receiver. The Titans have to find a way to upgrade on Chester Rodgers. Um, Nick Westbrook-Akina, zero catches, zero yards. You could call it a drop there at the end. The ball goes up off his hands. I think it was a terrible decision and a terrible throw by Ryan Tannehill. You have to be smarter than that. But still, Nick Westbrook-Akina did nothing. And you know what, Titans? Maybe you should get wide receivers who catch the ball and get open instead of asking for wide receivers who are linemen. Because Nick Westbrook-Akina is basically a tight end. Okay? That's what he is. The Titans need real wide receivers to get open and catch the ball and make plays with the ball in their hands. Not Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook-Akina. Get out of here. Those can't be the number three wide receiver as a combo package. It just can't be. It just can't be. It's not, an, especially if you have Tannehill quarterback. It's not going to get it done. Uh, and Rashawn Evans was a healthy scratch in this game. His Titans career is over, folks. It's crazy that I had people arguing for Rashawn Evans uh, in my comments uh, throughout the year. Like, this was always his last year with the Titans. I said it last year. I'll say it now. And the defining memory of Rashawn Evans' Titans career will be him missing that tackle on the sideline against Patrick Mahomes that led the Chiefs' comeback over the Titans in the AFC Championship game in 2019, which we now know was the last realistic chance that the Titans actually had with this group to win a Super Bowl. So, tighten down for all those players. We are going to talk about just the general feel now around the team headed into the offseason, and I'm going to give you guys a little preview of the content that I'll be pumping out this offseason as well. Before we get into that, Titans fans do want to tell you about an incredible app that anybody who buys gas has to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or on Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you're going to get a bonus $0.25 cents off per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using Get Upside. Download the app for free. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot get up to two, $300 a month in cash back. And here's the thing, there's no catch. The cash back goes right to your Get Upside account. And then you can cash out anytime directly to your bank account, your PayPal, or to an e-gift card like for Amazon. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free GetUpside app. Titans fans, let's cap off this uh, Depression Monday uh, edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Talked about my big picture takeaways from the game. Talked about the individual performances and tighten up and tighten down. Now, just want to get into the the feel around the organization going forward as we go into uh, an early offseason, quite frankly, for what the expectation was for the Tennessee Titans. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I didn't think the Titans were going to win the Super Bowl this year. My Super Bowl prediction was Bills against the Rams or Bills against the Packers, I think, in the preseason. I've been kind of pushing uh, Packers-Bills for a while now. Uh, Chiefs. Packers is another one that I thought might happen. Now the Packers lost, so that's not going to happen at all. But even though I didn't expect the Titans to win the Super Bowl, I still expected them to win this game. 
uh, to win one game. Not not saying I knew that they'd beat the Bengals or anything like that. Just saying win their first playoff game in general, regardless of who the opponent was. And for them not to even be able to do that and to do it in this fashion, uh, it stings. And I feel like, like I kind of talked about when I talked about Tannehill and tighten up, tighten down, the dress is off the pig. The makeup's off the pig. Um, my main point here is there has been an ounce of hope following the last two seasons. See, my dog is even upset here, dying over there from this result. But um, in 2019, it was like, whoa, okay, with Tannehill, this could be a good team. The Titans are an actual contender, a good team. We build up this roster a little bit. We get better on defense. We have a chance to win the Super Bowl next year. 2020 comes. The offense completely lets them down. The defense plays okay against the Ravens, but Tannehill doesn't get the job done. But you're looking at it. Corey Davis went out of that game. You had Khalif Raymond out there. You're thinking, okay, make the defense better. Get a pass rush because the Titans had no pass rush last year. Add a weapon on offense that's more consistent than Corey Davis. And we got a real shot. The Titans did that. They added Julio, and although it wasn't a great regular season, in the playoffs, Julio did exactly what you would hope he would do. The improved pass rush did 10 times more than you could have expected them to do, tying a playoff record in sacks. And it still wasn't good enough. Say 2019, do this, you'll be better. 2020, not better. Okay, just do this. They'll be better. They'll have a real chance. They did it. And... Still not even close. Still not even close. Let's say the Titans pull off that game. Tannehill doesn't throw that last pick. He drives them down. They get a field goal. They win. Do we think that this Titans team, after seeing that, was going to beat Kansas City or Buffalo with the way that they're playing football right now? Yeah, it's cool they beat them in the regular season. But what about the playoffs? I don't feel confident in that. There's just... There's just nowhere to go from here, guys. There's just nowhere to go. That's What else could you want? I mean, 200 yards from Julio and AJ, 140 on the ground, nine sacks and a turnover from the defense, held the Bengals to 19 points. What, I mean, you want to get a little better on the offensive line? You want to replace Chester Rogers with a rookie wide receiver who's a little better. You, you know, you keep adding depth on defense. I, I, I guess I, I, you know, I don't mean to be too dispiriting, but where's the hope this year? What's what's the what's the oh we do this and we have a chance to win a Super Bowl next year? I I just don't see what could happen this offseason. season. To renew the hope in the Titans fan base that's been there for the past two off seasons, following 19, following 20. Where does that hope come from here? I don't see it. I don't see it. And you know that, you know, every Titans fan, the media doesn't believe in us. The Titans fans sell their tickets too much. The crowd isn't. Well, the media believed in the Titans. The crowd was packed. The Tennessee Titans faithful showed out. They were dominating that first half with the snap counts 
because of all the noise, making it tough on the Bengals. They were wasting timeouts, getting false starts. Joe Burrow's getting hit on plays that are blown dead because the players can't hear the whistle because the crowd is deafening. I mean, everything except Ryan Tannehill did exactly what they were supposed to do. Everything. And yeah, you could... You, the Titans aren't getting rid of Ryan Tannehill, guys. I just hope you know that. He's the quarterback in 2022. This isn't a great draft for quarterbacks, so it, I don't think it's smart to use your first-round pick to get a QB when you don't have a second-round pick. Trade back into the second round, pick up some extra picks, and, and add that depth. But, like, who's going to have hope in the Titans with Tannehill lining up as their quarterback in 2022? whether it be in Tennessee and the fan base or outside. I mean, the jig is up. There's no more, oh, can the Titans get it done? Oh, they got all this stuff around Tannehill. Oh, like, all of that's done. All that's done, guys. Like, where's the hope coming from now? And this next year, 2022, is the end of the window. It's the end of the window. Derrick Henry's contract, Ryan Tannehill's contract. The Titans are going to have to pay AJ. They're going to have to pay Simmons. They're going to have to pay Landry. They're going to have to pay Nate Davis. I mean, the money's getting tighter. Where is the hope at? You know? I, I mean, I hate to be this way, but I just don't know what other way, what other way to slice it. This felt different. This, this is more deflating than any previous loss with this version of the team, or any loss this version of the team has taken. The Titans, other than the quarterback and the play caller, did everything great. The fans, the situation, the bye, the home game, everything, perfect. And Tannehill and Todd Downing still flushed it down the toilet. So how does that get better? You bring in an offensive coordinator. Yeah, I'd like to see Tim Kelly from the Houston Texans who got fired last week. I'd like to see him replace Todd Downing. Mike Vrabel tried to interview him last year in the offseason and was blocked by the Texans, so there will be interest there. But do we think that the play caller is really going to stop Tannehill from making these decisions when it matters most? Is it going to make Tannehill clutch in the playoffs all of a sudden? No. So... It's just hard for me to sit here and, and tell you guys where the hope is coming from for next season. What is going to give me renewed hope that the Titans could maybe win a Super Bowl in 2022? Barring a miracle, I just don't see anything right now. So that's unfortunate, but that's where I'm at. And I'm always going to keep it honest with you guys. I can't throw on the two-tone glasses and make up lies. That's the reality of the situation now. There's nowhere else to go. There's no more solution. This is who the Titans are. They reached their peak. They've reached their ceiling. Really good team. Really good run. It's been enjoyable. It's been fun. I mean, it's better to be a good team than a bad team, no doubt. But they're just not going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl because there are teams who have Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. And we don't. The Titans don't have that guy. So that's where things are right now. Now, as for the Locked on Titans podcast going forward throughout the offseason, the Titans are going to make moves. I'm going to do player spotlights where I just break down a player's performance throughout the season. Season reviews, my favorite games, least favorite games, best moments, all of that. Obviously, a ton of draft content. Last year, I previewed 180 plus players on my draft previews. 
Uh, free agency, we have a ton to talk about there. The Titans are going to have to make some crazy offseason moves with all the money that they're going to have to spend on the guys who I mentioned that uh, that need their money. And the Titans have to make this roster good and keep it good with the players that they've drafted. Uh, all the offseason news, hoping that we get a Todd Downing firing in the next few weeks. I'll be breaking that down. So there's a lot to talk about, and I'm still going to be putting out Monday through Friday Tennessee Titans content all offseason long. Uh, other than that, just wanted to end this episode. Thank all you guys. Uh, another season in the books, my third season doing the podcast. I really appreciate all the support, um, even from opposing fans who like to come on the podcast and talk crap and all of that. Like, I just appreciate the views. Uh, appreciate the the likes, the thumbs up, the interactions on Twitter, all of that. Uh, just blessed to be in this position and cover this team, even on the hard days, even on the tough times. Uh, I'm still incredibly blessed to get to be able to do this for a great network in the Locked On Network that just continues crashing the party and and, and breaking records and uh, creating new milestones every single day. So, uh, blessed to do this show, blessed to be a part of this network, blessed to have you guys follow the show and follow me and give me all this support. Thank you all so much. Tough times, but we're going to get through it. We're going to get over them, and, uh, you know, it's always a new year next year, so we'll be getting ready for that here on the Locked On Titans podcast. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.